Welcome into the Manchild Chronicles. Fa la 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 la. We're going to play some Manchild trivia. Fa la 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 la. Our draft is all about awesome toys. Fa la 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 la. I'm your host here with my three best friends, Michael, John, and Jay. Wow! Merry Christmas, man! Wow, dude, that was amazing. Did you sing? Did you sing in the choir growing up? Because you just have an angelic voice. Every time I mentioned it, my music teacher just looked at me really weird and walked away. So I think she really wanted me to, but (laughs) I didn't know how to say it. (laughs) I'm in a full state of Christmas arousal, Ryan. I am just like blown away by how oh, magical man, so that was. Magical. You know, um, I, I was riding in the car this morning, uh, going to work, and I was like, man, I wish there was another fun Christmas game that we could squeeze in um, before Christmas. And so I was thinking, like, man, I just I feel like we've talked about all the good Christmas movies. So, but wait a minute. I wonder if there's movies that if you changed them a little bit, mm. that they would be Christmas movies with a twist. What do you mean? Um, Go on. Give me an example. So, so, we're going to play a fun little game here, a new one-time only segment. It's called Almost Christmas Movies. So, all right. So here's how the game works. Um, you take a movie, you have to say the plot line, um, and then you have to say the the title of the movie at the end, and you rework it uh, to where it's a Christmas movie. So here's my first one. What happens to elves when they retire or lose their jobs? Does such a thing even happen? Oh, it does. How do such powerful and magical beings deal with getting laid off? Ladies and gentlemen, this summer, The Expendables. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody else have one? Is everybody doing an angry elf? I I did not know that was the plan, but I am all for that. When I interviewed you for a job, you did the movie, the movie voice. I want to hear it. <clears throat> this elf just can't help himself. Every time he makes a new toy, he pees on it a little bit. Like marking his territory. The problem? He's got magical urine that brings toys to life. This Christmas, follow Geppetto as he brings his latest creation to life. Pinocchio. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Movie voice 
This is so much better. <laughs> Ryan's dying. Oh my goodness. I don't got a good movie voice, but I got like a couple movies in my head that I think would be pretty funny if you put them. If you put a Christmas spin on it. Um, So this one is going to be Nick Cage stars as a chemical warfare expert who is sent on a covert mission to Alcatraz Island to prevent an out-of-control general whose master plan is to manufacture the most popular toy of the upcoming holiday season with chemical weapons. After Nick Cage's team, SEAL team, is wiped out, he gets unexpected help from Santa Claus himself, played by Sean Connery, (laughs) who work together to stop the toys being delivered, and the love of Christmas continues on in this upcoming holiday special, The Retelling of The Rock. (laughs) That is good. I'm sorry, but Sean Connery as Santa Claus would be awesome. All right, I got one for you. When Santa's son is rejected for his progressive lifestyle, he moves to Montana in hopes of finding love and acceptance. This winter, watch the magical journey on the big screen. Brokeback Mountain. Should be like broke back North Pole. <laughs> Santa needs to expand his shop. He needs to build more toys than ever before. He needs more land. And more importantly, more wood. He will stop at nothing to make sure Christmas is bigger than ever before. He sends his elves out. They accidentally wake up in ancient evil goo named Hexus. It's up to the woodland fairies to convince Santa that he's wrong <laughs> and being tricked by this evil entity. This Christmas, meet the fairy who would change it all. <laughs> Ferngully, the last... <laughs> the, la- <laughs> the last Antarctic forest. <laughs> the last Antarctic forest. <laughs> Can you just can you just say Fern Gully again for me? <laughs> Meet the fairy who would change it all. Fern Gully. I have one in my head, I'm just like Oh well, I'll just do it. I wish I could just have Jay do it, though. You've enjoyed all the Lethal Weapon movies. This winter's blockbuster. Santa is in need of new elves. And he recruits the retired cops of Detective Murtaugh and Riggs. In Lethal Weapon 5, I'm too old for this Oh, man. All right. I'm actually going to wing this one on top of my head, so we'll see if it gets cut or not. A devious plan to steal Christmas away from the magical hands of Santa Claus. While in the off-season, Santa Claus is kidnapped and put through a controversial and groundbreaking procedure 
to assume Santa's identity. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this summer, face off. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it when Santa, the guy who bit Santa's face, wakes up. (laughs) Jay, please tell me you got one more. I I do. Hiccup, a Norse teenager from the island of Burke, where fighting reindeer is a way of life. His progressive views and weird sense of humor make him a misfit despite the fact his father is chief of the clan. Tossed into reindeer fighting school, he endeavors to prove himself a true Viking. But when he befriends an injured reindeer, he names him Rudolph. He has the chance to plot a new course for his people's future. This Christmas, we all must learn how to train your reindeer. I love it. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no top in that. We need to we oh need to cut God, it right. That's got to be Jay doing movie. We that's got to be a segment somewhere. That is two gold right there. Uh, did you guys see the new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy? Because it looks dope. Good segue. Yes, I did see it. My we watched several trailers yesterday on the big screen with the family, and the kids are very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. It to me. They do. They always do as dirty on these previews, but it almost seems like, to me, it seemed like it's going to be the best Guardians of the Galaxy ever made in the history of movies. There was a lot of articles that said uh, uh, James Gunn was really going to flex on this last one because people have gotten used to his kind of comedic approach with the first two Guardians. Yeah. I mean, the second one had some heart in it, especially toward the end. But between that and kind of the the tone of like Suicide Squad and stuff like that, people are are kind of used to that comedic tone. But uh, a lot of people are saying this is going to be a real gut punch in this third movie. And and I feel like they are kind of setting up for that and kind of the weight and the tone of the trailer. I mean, the whole controversy behind James Gunn getting fired from the movie and then all the Guardians standing up saying we will not move forward without him, that whole controversy on his past tweets and stuff for them to be able to come through and make this final movie together and close out the trilogy. This will be the last of the guardians in the MCU. I mean, the guardians we're used to. (laughs) They show up to that planet and they're all the, all those aliens are standing there and they're like, we come in peace. We come in peace. And Drax takes that ball and drills that little girl (laughs) in the head. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) That type of humor kills me. You know how, I'm glad James Gunn did this one because he's going to make it great. But I'm torn on if I like James Gunn anymore because I was all excited DC was going to have him and Henry Cavill back, and now Henry Cavill is not back, and I'm very upset about it. What happened to Henry Cavill? What happened to him? He's not. He was supposed to play Superman. Is now he's not going to play it according to James Gunn. That's right. He got fired. It is pretty interesting because none of us can can rightfully defend anything in the DC universe right now, but yet we're still heartbroken about some of these losses. <laughs> the only I one can, I care about is Henry Cavill. Like he's the only one to me that, that played the role and, and actually hit it out of the park. I mean I, can, I, I, I really didn't mind Gal Gadot as, okay, as Wonder too. Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman one, yeah. <laughs> Not nineteen eighty four. But it's hard uh, to find because of because Christopher Reeves 
perfected Superman so good in the early movies in the 70s and 80s. It's so hard to ever have somebody go into a role and do good. You just you just want to tear him down. He did I thought he did it. And you you well. never watched the Dean Kane Superman, did you? I did. Because that I did. that guy nailed it. Yeah, him and Brandon Ralph, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's number one? I don't know. Um, I'll tell Tom you Willing? the he he was good. I like Tom Welling. The true story and the true drama is not in Henry Cavill, though. The true drama is in Dwayne The Rock Johnson, okay? For months now, we've heard that Dwayne has been trying to really cut out that corner of the DC universe. He's almost exclusively responsible for um, Henry's cameo at the end of, of Black Adam. And, and for those that have been paying attention, or for those that haven't, Dwayne was literally going to set up a Black Adam versus Superman movie. And if any of us know Dwayne Johnson and his branding skills, I think he fully intended for Black Adam to come out on top. (laughs) And and we all know that that was not the case. And for the record, I watched Black Adam for the first time a couple days ago. And the thing that stuck out to me the most is how... um, predictable visually and story-wise every DC movie has been. It looks the same. Not only that, like in every DC movie we've seen, there's no restraint. So here you are watching this debut Black Adam movie, and by the end of it, you're summoning, you know, these predominant demon lords from hell that are now taking over the entire earth. And it's like that look horrible. This is like a fourth movie type circumstance. Yep. Like there should have just been one random mortal bad guy in, in a first movie, <laughs> but we went scorched earth like for the whole like in the first movie. Yep. And I'm just like, why is there no restraint? I don't understand. And this is why I'm glad they hired James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran, I think, to now be the new head of DC Films. Because it's like every DC movie that comes out, it's, you know, you got your good guy, your bad guy, giant beam in the sky, undead army of, you know, unfaced killers, and nobody feels bad that they die. And then it's always the same thing. It's like every movie, you're like, oh, there's the giant beam in the sky for the DC, yep. Yep. DCEU. Oh, here's the unfaced army, so we don't feel bad about them, you know, losing their lives. It's just like the same thing. I know that for some reason we adopted this, like, Zack Snyder visual or something, but we need to leave it to Zack Snyder because, like, even again in Black Adam, it's just this very, like, Mm sharp-looking CGI not even comic book because comic book is cool, but just this very sharp CGI look. And it's just, it's not, it's not appealing. It's not fun to watch. Well, one thing I found, I was reading uh, an article and I found interesting was uh, they talked pretty much about the same thing. And they said with Marvel, you have different filmmakers putting together different visions. And so Iron Man was different than Captain America. The Hulk movie, the uh, Hulks are, uh, are, are different. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was way different than any of the other ones. Yep. So even if people are like, oh, I, 
I didn't like Guardians, but I really like Iron Man, or yeah. I didn't like Iron Man, but I really like Captain America. And then when they bring them all together, it's you have all these different fans of certain ones coming together to watch them all be on the same screen, which versus DC, like you guys said, it's just same copy and paste for every single film Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that's making it different and so that's where i'm excited for james gunn to come in and actually team with different directors and people with visions and put together uh unique stories and not just the same stuff yeah i i'm i'm excited for him to be at the helm i would say that i also simultaneously feel bad because this entire fan base has now been done dirty multiple times over. And, and not only does he have the pressure of already carrying such a historic and iconic franchise, but he also has to work backwards to try and win back everybody's trust. Um, with all, all new actors. With all new with, actors with and new everything. Pe- what yeah. are they going to do with 2023? You've got Aquaman 2. Which they're well, saying after that, like he, um, Jason Momoa is gonna—he's not gonna do Aquaman anymore. Shazam two comes out next year, and they're saying there's not gonna be any more with Shazam or that actor anymore. And then you have the Flash coming out next year, oh, and we all know what a nightmare that. Yeah, we all know what a nightmare that's but, been. But so that's you the have only, these. That's three the only one they can use to fix everything is the Flash because he goes into a different Earth. Yeah, I, that's this, the only way you can fix it. You've got three big blockbusters coming out next year that basically mean nothing except right. the Flash. They could fix it and put well, everyone. Into I mean, in all universe. honesty, has any DC blockbusters meant anything? I mean, this is the formula they've had. Every blockbuster they've released has meant nothing. And to the and next while one. we can while we can say that the Flash could fix it, the Flash was done long before all this stuff. The, hit the only fan. reason I want the Flash to come out is because Michael Keaton's Batman is back. That is the I only reason I want out. that. Movie. I he's and he's out already there. out, dude. He's already out. The problem is, well, I, I so the only movie he's going to be in now is The Flash. So f- from what I read, he's still going to be in The Flash, but he had another cameo appearance in the Bat the Batgirl movie that got canceled was supposed to come out in HBO Max. He had another cameo um, for a different project. I can't remember off the top of my head. And so all these cameos were supposed to come together and he was, Michael Keaton was going to do a Batman Beyond storyline and have its own movie. And from my understanding, all that's been canceled now and his only appearance will be in The Flash. It's just a shame. Yeah, I haven't heard about him being out of that movie yet. Um, but as we've talked about, Henry Cavill's out. He's out. Uh, I think Dwayne Johnson got him fired, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, thanks, not, Dwayne. Not having Black Adam and Shazam, you know, like that's that's in the comic book lore right there. And that's why that happened. I honestly think they want Dwayne out. So they're, you know, you're trying to create this. This is my universe, I'm creating it. Uh, Gal Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman three got canceled. I don't yep. think she's been officially announced as being out as Wonder Woman, but I know the movie that they're moving forward with with Patty Jenkins yep. got canceled. I, like Jay said, Jason Momoa and Aquaman. This is going to be his last one, and then he might come back as another character in this universe, but it won't be as Aquaman. Uh, Zachary Levi as Shazam. They really haven't officially announced what's going on there. Uh, the thing about that is. 
Peter uh, Safran, who's also doing this with James Gunn, is the producer of Shazam and Shazam 2. So there is a possibility that they keep moving forward with that type of with Zachary Levi. Um, another one is uh, oh, I'm losing my head here. So much is going on. The Any DCU. update with Green Lantern and Ryan Reynolds? Is he going <laughs> to... <laughs> That's still on the chopping block. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> if, if I was James Gunn, that would be the first thing I would announce whether I had any intention of doing it or not. We're going to do a reboot of Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I mean, when we think of like DC movies and we think of which one's the best, Suicide Squad that he did is obviously my top pick as being the best DC movie that's came out in recent years. I and, mean, and that was a good movie. But if you think about it compared to other movies outside of that universe, it still wasn't a like a killer movie. It oh, was just in my better. Opinion, it was in my yeah. opinion that was a killer movie, man. I really enjoyed that Suicide Squad, Squad movie he did. I watched it in theaters, and then it came out on HBO Max at the same time. I went home and watched it again that same weekend. I was, I liked that movie so much. Which one's that? Suicide Squad two. Yeah. Yeah, that was very good. Soft reboot or whatever it was. I thought it was fantastic. Hmm. And, you know, talking about, like, Black Adam and stuff, the giant, who was it, the giant bad guy in Suicide Squad, was the name? Starro, the big giant starfish. I felt more sympathy for that character in that movie than I did in any character in Black Adam. Yeah. Like, that's how poorly written Black Adam was. I did not feel bad about any character in that movie, but that giant starfish in Suicide Squad, I was like, oh, man, he just wanted to float in space. (laughs) That poor guy. Space. (laughs) When a filmmaker can do that, when a filmmaker can do that, that's when they're creating a great story and great character development. And that's what we're going to give it, James Gunn. He's going to make that happen. I got to give it to Dwayne, though, because for the year and a half he spent hyping Black Adam, I mean, we all really thought that it was going to be like just this bombastic movie. And then you get through it and, and and you're like, I think Dwayne had six lines of dialogue that whole movie because, <laughs> like, he barely talks through that movie, and it, he barely I, acts through that movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> he like has a smirk and a frown, and that's it. It's like they were like, "Oh, let's do like Terminator Two, but not give any reason why you're like this." And go. <laughs> I mean, he is the Arnold Schwarzenegger of our time, isn't he? Not a good actor, I, but action hero. I don't know that I would. I I wouldn't put those two guys together if I'm being honest. Well, I he's mean, not as good as Arnold, but I would say yeah, he's the first Willis of our generation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave Brucey out of this. <laughs> he has a disease. I don't know. The, what what I've heard though is that they're planning on moving forward with Matt Reeves' vision for the Batman and trying to keep the DC films in the future kind of built around that same vision Matt Reeves had with the Batman. So that is one thing I did hear about uh, James Gunn's takeover. And then according to him, beginning early next year, they will be releasing their vision, how they're wanting to have the phases come out and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. I mean, how many how, how many movies do they ink him for? Like, is he signed on to do so many movies? He's the head. He's, he's Kevin Feige now. Yeah, yeah, I know, but what's to say he does one and say, I'm out, this is a disaster? Well, I mean, I mean anybody he, could he do could. that. Because okay. he's, not, he's not a director or a producer. He's like the office guy for all of DC now. Right. 
Yeah. So um, the worst part about all of it is if Henry Cavill quit The Witcher to do Superman again. Oh man. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking about right there is he has this has this other huge popular character that he's helped develop and bring out on Netflix and everybody's loved it. And then he's like, oh, you want me back for Superman? I'm out. See you, Netflix. Netflix should be calling him back right now. Be like, and then they're like, back? yeah, they're but like, if you're oh, angry, you're not going to backtrack on that. Wait, uh, did, did you guys not see what uh, Henry is going to do next? He already announced his next yeah. big project. Enola Holmes 3. No. Oh. <laughs> Warhammer, Warhammer, forty thousand years. Isn't that a phone game or something? That was uh, that was a popular game back in the eighties. Ryan, remember the, Ryan? the tabletop mm-hmm. game back in the eighties, Warhammer. It up right now, I don't but know. anyways, it got uh, it got picked up by Amazon Prime, and so Henry Cavill is uh, he announced this past Friday that he's going to work with Amazon Studios, and they are bringing Warhammer uh, to life, and so. Henry is going to be just fine. He, uh, of course, he's going to find another project that he is ha- he has passion for, just like he had passion for The Witcher. So he's going to turn Warhammer into something pretty epic, is what is what he's hoping. If it's Amazon Studios, it'll either be above average or below average. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Other movie trailers I've seen though this week, guys. I don't think we've talked about though. Indiana Jones Five. Have you have you guys seen that trailer yet? Yep. Boy, does he uh, look old. He looks old, but I'm kind of excited for it. It looks pretty good. (laughs) D.H. Harrison Ford looks pretty good. Looks like they're going back to the Nazi roots of the original storyline there. So I think that should add some intrigue and interest to it. Uh, Harrison Ford's done enough with that franchise that he deserves deserves my ticket at the movie theater. That's right. And what's what's different about this one though is, is it's not directed by Spielberg. It's directed by James Mangold, who directed Logan, um, The Ooh. Wolverine, Walk the Line, Ooh. all all those types of good movies. He's he directed Copland with Stallone, Ryan. Ooh. So nice. James like Mangold, James Mangold is directing this one, which I thought it was Spielberg again. And then I looked it up, and it turned out it was him. So that adds a different intrigue where we we're going to get I a did not know vision that, for the role. So. That's pretty exciting. Uh, another one I saw was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. They just released a new trailer for that a few days ago. A uh, bunch more Spider-Man cameos. You got the Insomni- Insomniac PlayStation 4 Spider-Man making an appearance. You got the PlayStation 2 Spider-Man making an appearance. So there's going to be a whole bunch of fun cameos in that movie. That I Dude, it looked, the like the, it looked like the uh, Oscar Isaac Spider-Man, that Spider-Man 3000. Yep. He looks like he's the bad guy. That threw me off guard. I think he is. That's all. Like That that blew my mind when I saw that. That trailer looked that looked mm-hmm. incredible. That's another good one. Uh, Brendan Fraser's heartbreaking epic. The whale, the whale. Man, that the guy's whale. getting some huge publicity on that right now. Yep. So I watched that. I like turned it on for my wife, you know, just to turn it on to see how she she would react. And it's going through the thing, and he does that big heartfelt. Yeah. If I have to do one thing in my life, I want to make sure it's right. And I can tell my wife's moved by it. I'm like, yeah, this is funny. And then it cuts to the title, and it goes, "The Whale." And my wife goes. <laughs> And she just starts laughing. She goes, is this a serious movie? <laughs> I know. That's the problem. <laughs> that title just I think, ruins that. The, the whale. whale. 
Another one I'm excited for coming out I saw was Scream 6. I'm a huge Scream fan. I know Nev Campbell's not coming back, which sucks, but now they're putting it in New York City. So we're going to have the killer now in a more populated city here. Got a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the people coming back from Scream 5. So that one, I think, looks really good. The preview looked pretty interesting, mm-hmm. being in the big Be- city. Can't wait to see how they take that m- movie direction go. I think the directors of the last one did a really great job, and they obviously have a good vision moving forward for it to be greenlit and for it to move forward without Nev Campbell. That's kind of huge, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Jenny Ortega's back in it. She's very popular now with the Wednesday series, so we'll see how they play that up. If she's going to be more of a big star in this movie or not. I'm waiting and, for I'm waiting for the next trailer, John. And then the last one I Come saw. Come on. Was a movie about a man crash landing a spaceship on a alien planet and the title of that movie was 65. Did anybody see that one? Yeah, Kylo Ren, Adam Driver. I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, I know you. Series 2, Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, uh, Adam Driver, Alan Rickman. <laughs> A young Alan Rickman. Yeah, Hello, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Adam Driver. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not doing that again. <laughs> Go back to episode 32 if you want to hear Michael's Alan Rickman. <laughs> Dude, I saw Ryan get so mad just now. <laughs> I thought he was about to rip his computer in half. <laughs> so, yeah, 65 is about Adam Driver crash landing on Earth at 65 million years ago when dinosaurs roamed the land. So it's going to be interesting how they portray that. It's from the writers of A Quiet Place, and they are directing it, too. It's their first movie they've directed, the writers who did The Quiet Place. So it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, manage that. Because normally when you deal with first-time directors, it's either going to be something good or it's going to be lost at at the wheel, I guess you can say. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All I know so. is when, when my kids, I put that on because I just want to see their reaction because they love dinosaurs so much. And when the dinosaurs, all, when they realized that it's dinosaur earth, they were so excited. They were like, this is this is amazing, dad. This is probably the best movie ever made. I'm like, I love you kids. The innocence of youth. All I can think of is the makers of Jurassic World being like, this is the movie we wanted to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, that what intrigued me in that movie is on TikTok. I see so many videos of people uh, with their theories that humans are aliens on this Earth, mm-hmm. uh, and we we came from another planet a long time ago, and that's why we can't. There's just a whole bunch of things that they say, uh, a lot of stuff. But that's what this movie is based on: two people crash land onto Earth during the dinosaur era. So. I saw a popular comment that said like that they crash land and then they end up destroying the dinosaurs or causing the extinction behind them, and that's what happens with the extinction of the dinosaurs. So it'll be interesting. I was, to see I was wondering, I was wondering if they were going to play that um, because you know if maybe they're they're the reasons that the extinction event happened. So that that had crossed my mind as well. It'll be interesting to see how they play with the idea and move forward with it. 
a movie that did drop, I don't know if you guys watched it yet or not, but me and the family watched it. The kids have already watched it three times. They loved it so much. That new Pinocchio from Gilmero del Toro came out, and that was actually an awesome movie. You mean um, the one with Robert Zemeckis, the Tom Hanks Pinocchio? Nope, not that one, John. <laughs> that one was a... Uh, Is this the one with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? <laughs> that one was an absolute dud. Is I think this the, the Roberto Benigni one from 2002? <laughs> Nope, this is uh, Gilmero del Toro, and uh, oh. it just dropped on Netflix. It's a stop motion film, but it doesn't. Is that the same guy that did motion. Labyrinth? Pan's yes. Labyrinth, yes. the one with David Bowie, right? <laughs> no, no, you guys drive me insane. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, that new Pinocchio film was actually really good. Um, I think they told the story really well. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're looking for a good family fi- film, sit down and watch that one. Me and my son watched that the other day, and he sat through the whole thing. So it must have been good hmm. enough because he enjoyed it. <laughs> Did you not like it, Ryan? He wa- usually he asked me to go, like, Dude, this is boring. Can I leave? He didn't ask me that during that movie. So Interesting. That's saying something. Did it was you actually, play? It was pretty good. It wasn't no Jiminy play, Cricket uh, with one of the all time best songs being sung. I was waiting oh, for it. Yes. Never miss an opportunity, do you? Did you play the Robert Zemeckis version too to see if he sat through all of that? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> all right. A lot of good movies coming up. But you know what else is coming up? Man Child Trivia. It's time to play Man Child Trivia. Brought to you by the Mad Child Chronicles. All right, cronies, we're playing a little Man Child trivia. We each got a category, five questions to ask. We're going to throw out our call signs, but first we'll get the categories. I am going to do number one songs to hit the billboard. John, what are you doing? I'm going to challenge you all with some riddles tonight. Some riddles. Jay? I've got some uh, fifth grade science questions for you. Mike? I have trivia based on famous bald actors. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, call signs. Mike? Uh, Ha! Jay? Woo! John? Yep. And Ryan's is brother. All right. Which one do you guys want to go first? You want me to go first? Mine's probably the most boring one. Ryan, Let's... John, Mike, J. All right. Here we go. This was the first song to debut at number one in 1995 hit by the King of Pop. <laughs> Mike. Thriller. That is incorrect. Jay or John? Yep. John. You are not alone. You are not alone. I am here with you. Yes, that is correct. That was yes. a pretty good nice. impression. <laughs> All right. Is this, is this the version of trivia where we get negative points? Yes. Yeah, you're at negative now. Who's keeping score? Jay or John, are you guys keeping score? Got it. Mike's at minus one. John's got one. All right. Next question. This 
song hit number one on the billboards in 2022 with the most credited artist. But be careful. Do not talk about it. Ha! Oh. Yes, Mike. We don't talk about Bruno from the movie Encanto. That is correct. Yes. That's so dirty. I hate that I answered that. <laughs> I knew that was so mad. I'm so happy. I'm so mad right now. I saw that was the number one song. I'm like, I got to get this in there. Oh, uh, you suck. <laughs> hey, you're back to zero. Hey, you're at zero, Mike. Who's that, Bob Orbison? <laughs> All right. This is the only artist to have a number one hit on four consecutive decades. Four in the 90s, four in the 2000s, one in the 2010s, and one in the 2020s. I can give you a hint on this one, too, if you guys can't get it. Please, sir. You guys want a hint? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you sure? No, I'm not giving you a hint. I'll give you double points, though, if you get the artist and the song that was number one in 2019 in 2020. Okay. You guys, nobody wants to take a guess? I'll take a guess if I don't get negative points. Well, I pick somebody if I want. That's how it sounds like like Mike wants to get picked. Uh, John. Celine Dion. <laughs> nope, it's Mariah Carey. Uh, I was actually going to say Beyonce, so I was I was on the right track. The I don't think was Beyonce around in the nineties. And the song "All I Want for Christmas" is number one around Christmas uh, all the time. Gosh. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Beyonce had Destiny's Child in the nineties, so that's why I was thinking it may have occurred. Oh, and okay. Everybody's back at zero. Next question. This band holds the record. For weeks at number one, with two different songs from twenty six for twenty six weeks from April of two thousand nine to October of two thousand nine, I got a feeling they know. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. That's right, Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I I caught the hint, but I couldn't remember what that was from. I was like, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. For delicious appetizer. This boy's on loco. All right, last question. This song struck oil and was the first bluegrass to top the country number one billboard in 1962 from a very popular TV show later made in a movie in 1993. Yep. Yes, John. Beverly Hillbillies? That is not the name of the song. It's incorrect. It is from the right TV show, though. Anybody want to guess the name? Of, nobody's going to guess the name of this song. It's so obvious. This is boot. <laughs> okay. The answer is The Ballad of Jed Clampett. <sighs> Interesting. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I get half a point at least. It's not, I mean, he followed the rules, but it's against the spirit of it. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Jay, put me down for half a point. <laughs> no, you're at zero. Sorry, bud. <laughs> He's at minus one, though. All right, I after round one. one, John has minus one. Mike, Jay, and Ryan have zero. I want to challenge you on that. So he had one, he lost one, he gained Eight. one, and then he just lost another one. He gained one where? Because he got one. Uh, got the it was Black Eyed Peas. Oh, yeah, okay. I guess I the Black Eyed Peas. Right, right? we're all at zero. Yeah. And then I got Beverly Hills Billies. <laughs> Point we're five. All at zero. <laughs> 
And after round one, we're back to the beginning. There it is. All right, I'll go next. You got fifth grade science? I got fifth grade science questions for you guys. Turn your brains on, go back in time, but don't go back 65 million years. Only go back to when you were in fifth grade. Did you practice that in the mirror? I did not. just came off the top of my head. (laughs) All right, folks. What planet is directly before Earth? Before, as in close, because uh, the sun closer is the center. Closer to the sun. Yep, closer to the sun yeah, than us. brother. <laughs> Brian. Mars. That is incorrect. <sighs> he looks dumbfounded. Sucks to suck. <laughs> you said, what'd you, there was a question was, what's closest to Earth? What planet is directly before Earth? From which direction? Towards the Earth, sun. towards the sun, it is not Mars. So he got it wrong. So nobody's going to answer. Unless I know, Mike, can you I say it again? It? Can I do it again? Yeah, no. yeah. If you want Brother. to go back, yep. Venus. That is correct. It is Venus. Mavemshmuk. That's from the order. Say by the bell. The order from the sun is Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. What was mm-hmm. what? What? what was the one? What was after Neptune? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after Neptune, nothing. There's nothing after oh. Neptune, unless you want to count Neptune's moon, the Pluto. What was after Saturn? Uh, Uranus. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> hey <laughs> right, uh, Back to zero. <laughs> what is the powerhouse of the sail called? The powerhouse, the powerhouse of the sail? Of the cell. The little ah! tiny cell. Ooh. Closing. Michael. Is that your answer? <laughs> the atom. No. Atom is not the center of the cell. Oh, ah! They're not center of the cell. Powerhouse of the cell. Ah! Yes, Michael. The, nu- the nucleus. No. The powerhouse of the cell is what we're looking for here. You know what my worst grade was in elementary school, middle school, and high school? Math. Science. <laughs> <laughs> the powerhouse of the cell is the mitochondria. Uh, okay. Mitochondria. Oh, yeah. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I do remember hearing about that, so I will agree. I've heard that word before. So One point for John, please. <laughs> <laughs> what are animals which eat both plants and um, meat called? Brother. Omnivores. Right. Omnivores is correct. Ding, ding, ding. You are at positive one, Ryan. What was the supercontinent called that incorporated almost all of the land masses on Earth? Ah! Michael. Was it Pangea? It was Pangea. Wow. Yes! Oh. Yes! My guess was supercontinent. I thought you could just the answer. It was my own fault for getting hooked on supercontinent. And finally, weighing in at 400,000 pounds, which is roughly 33 elephants, what is the largest mammal on Earth? Michael. 
Is it the whale? Gotta be specific. It's a certain That's type of whale. Specific enough. Are you kidding me? No, there's if Beverly there's Hillbillies like a, doesn't get me a point, you there's don't get a hundred whales. Whale. There's, there's a, a hundred whales. whales. Which whale? <laughs> I knew it was a whale. I'm just trying to think of which one it is. Is it the humpback whale? It is not the humpback whale. That I call nope, nope, foul, nope. sir. But if there's I don't so get many, a point for Beverly Hillbillies. No, I dare you to be, name more than be, two whales. Name more than two whales. I can right do it right now. now. I, I, I will killer whale, sperm whale, humpback whale, and I haven't even said the answer yet. I don't know what the <laughs> get it back, Mike. The orca. That's no. a killer whale. <laughs> That's the killer whale. I said I hadn't said the answer yet. What was wrong with you? Anyone have it? That is the blue whale. The blue whale. That's just dirty warfare. Reaching up to ninety-eight feet in length. My guess was Brendan Fraser. So, so you're saying that that the other whales are not mammals, and only the blue whale is considered a mammal? The blue whale is the largest mammal on Earth. Not the sperm whale, not the killer whale, not the humpback whale. The blue whale. Okay, it's the biggest one. Take one of my negatives away, but don't give me a positive. That's the least you can do for me no. in that. Because I knew the answer. No. I knew it was no. a whale too, Michael. Just take me down to minus two. That's the no. least you can do. <laughs> if I didn't get a point for knowing Beverly Hills Billies, you don't get a point for knowing You whale. didn't buzz in. You didn't even <laughs> right, say Jay, it out what's loud. The, what's the I score did too. After, I said, yep, Beverly Hills Billies. Jay, what's the score after two rounds? I am canceling out points. Mike at negative three. John is at zero. I am at zero, and Ryan, you are at positive one. Oh, baby. John, you're up. All right, gentlemen, we're going to do a little round of riddles here. Okay. I did look up children riddles to start it off easy. Oh, thank and you. then for like the last couple, I typed in like adult riddles, and a lot of the riddles from the children riddles were on the adult riddles. <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not too sure how easy this is going to be for you guys. Uh, newspapers. With you. It's going to be a quiet second half. <laughs> newspaper. I was like, and now adult riddles. That's well, that was in the children riddles. What? So let's start it off here. And first question. Our first riddle. What two things can you never eat for breakfast? Ah! Michael. Lunch and dinner. That is correct. Riddle number two. When things go wrong, what can you always count on? When things go wrong, what can you always count on? Ah! Michael. A watch. That is incorrect. Anyone? Your fingers. Uh, I had the idea. <laughs> that was too easy. I had, I had the idea, just not the, not the right execution. I was going to say that. I'm like, that's just too obvious. I'm like, <laughs> I... I was gonna say I was gonna say Jesus, but <laughs> I dare somebody to duck that man a point if he said yeah. it. Okay. Remember the obvious. Next riddle. Which fish sorry, which fish costs the most? Which fish costs the most? 
remember the obvious. Brother. Ryan? The most expensive one? Well, I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> Prove me wrong. It is a goldfish cost the most. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the most expensive oh. one, too. <laughs> All right, next riddle. Before Mount Everest was discovered, what was the highest mountain in the world? Before Mount Everest was discovered, what was Brother. the highest mountain in the world? Brother, Mount Ryan. Everest. That is correct. Mount Everest was, it just wasn't discovered yet. Final riddle. The person who makes it has no need of it. The person who buys it has no use for it. The person who uses it can neither see nor feel it. What is it? Say it again. The person who makes it has no need of it. The person who buys it has no use for it. The person who uses it neither can neither see nor feel it. I've heard this one before. I, I've got nothing. I have two, but I don't remember what the answer is. What's their points at right now before I pick Jay? Well, you can't ask, you can't ask that. <laughs> Mike's at negative three. Ryan is at one. Where are you I'm at? I'm at zero. Hmm. Ryan? Calling on me? Yeah. <laughs> Generic and obvious. I don't know what it is. Go ahead. It is a coffin. Yep. A coffin is the correct answer. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're up. <laughs> All right. Wait, Catac- after after uh, three brutal rounds of trivia, all the scores are the same, we, except Mike. <laughs> Everyone's at zero. Mike, you're at negative three. And, and it all comes the last down to one this. To go. So here it comes. So <clears throat> th- these are fairly easy questions, but I, I, I made sure, because let's be honest, is there really that many bald actors? There's some. But there's not a ton. So And it's I, famous bald actors too. Yeah. So I'm gonna warn you, I didn't go with obvious choices because I wanted it to be a little challenging. So I'll do some easy ones and then we'll work our way up. <clears throat> this bald actor starred in the nineteen ninety-five drama Apollo thirteen. Yep. John. Ed Harris. That is correct. He had a little hair in that movie. (laughs) It's below the ratio of uh, loudness for bald, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Power donuts still count as uh, bald. Okay. Gotcha. This famous actor once played a retired magician who came out of retirement to mentor a performer... Ryan. Woody Harrelson. Incorrect. Ooh. Finish your question. Like this famous to. actor once played a retired magician who came out of retirement to mentor a performer who lost his way in this 2013 comedy. Yep. John. Alan Arkin. Correct, and the movie for a bonus point. 
the incredible Burt Wonderstone. That is correct. This bald actor was the star of the original cast of this 1973 movie turned streaming remake about AI turned self-aware. This bald actor was the star of the original cast of this 1973 Western movie turned streaming remake about AI turned self-aware. I know the movie. I don't know the actor. If you guess the actor, then the movie the movie is available for a bonus point, but not before. And it's the actor in the 1973 movie we're guessing, correct? Yes. I will give a hint. He was also the lead in The King and I. Other. Brother. Ryan. <laughs> is it Ben Kingsley? It is not. Incorrect. What is it then? Nobody else knows it. Good guess. Wait, don't I get to pick somebody? No, because yeah. I guess. No, because he guessed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is Yul Brenner. And the movie Westworld. was Westworld. Yep. All right. <clears throat> this bald actor starred as Lord Macbeth in this 1961 four TV movie by the same name. <laughs> Ryan, take a guess. <laughs> no, John, you have the most points. You take a guess. <laughs> This bald actor starred yep. in Lord Macbeth in their sh- Yep. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. That was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. <sighs> All right. Last question. This bald actor starred as King Richard in this timeless tale about a thief who steals from the wealthy. There is also, before you answer, there is also a bonus point available for this question as well. Go ahead. Yep. No, John, John had it. Take it, Jay. Take it. You have it, John. Patrick Stewart. Correct. In... I don't know. King Arthur. Incorrect. No deduction, though. Anybody want to grab the bonus point? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Close, but incorrect. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That is correct. That's all I got. Well, after that, John, you have five points. (laughs) Brian, you have negative one. You earned a point back there at the end. Thank, thank you. Mike, negative three. You lost. Why I'm do we zero? Jay, why do we keep a, Jay? You didn't even get a guess in. Didn't, didn't <laughs> not have one to. time. You guys, you guys just kept going. We Time to play the, the game. Why do we Wait play a, this game? John sweeps it every time. <laughs> I would like to man. point out who picked out Mike's category two for him. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, I won the first two uh, man-child trivia's. Uh, 
You're right. You're right. Oh, because you. Yeah, but that. if it involves if it involves <laughs> actors, John, and movies, John is a wizard right now. I think we make those questions too tough. I think we need to make them easier. No, I don't think they're very tough at all. <laughs> Let's draft. It's draft time. All right, cronies, we are doing the best toys of the decade draft. We're going to draft the best toys from 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s tonight. Uh, we're going to start with each decade at a time. The draft order tonight is John, Mike, Jay, and Ryan. John, we're going to start off with the 70s. You're up. And just to be clear, we are drafting like toys that children would play with or they would want for Christmas. We're not we're avoiding like high end electronics or like yes. video game systems and computers yes. and stuff like that. We're that trying would to be keep every single pick, yes. We're trying to keep true to like a toy type of tradition, correct? Correct. Wait, 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 wait. When did we decide on that? I'm kidding. Continue. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I'm telling you what. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. My well, folks, Mike, right is, well, Mike is gone. For you, Ryan for, has killed yeah. Mike. For you listeners at home, behind the scenes, you have no idea how many times a week we have to explain to Michael what we are doing. It is infuriating. Okay, John. Uh, right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, sir. No, because you defend yourself. No. Because Michael is doing what? <laughs> what is Michael I doing? I don't know. I don't. We know. don't know. Not two podcasts a week like me and John and Jay. I know that. Ah, <laughs> uh, John, you're up. Our under twenty <laughs> fantasy leagues. <laughs> and Michael's gone. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> That's, it, That's all right. So starting with the 70s draft here, our first four picks will all come from the 70s, and then we'll snake draft around the 80s. So in the 70s here, there's a lot of them that I think are more cool, or pop, more cool, but there's one that my mom talked about a lot that was always popular, and that is the Pet Rock. I'm going to take yep. that off the board. The, <laughs> the legend rock. of the Pet Rock. <laughs> How many parents do you think just went outside and grabbed a rock and said, hey, this is the pet rock? <laughs> but how no, many of them actually be- bought it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A bunch of them did. It was like the number one selling toy in 1973. Oh so gosh. the pet rock, it literally came like in a box and it had a crate that it was some like straw. It held your rock. That was it. That was it. You open it up. It's like, oh, I have a pet rock. This is but when it was nice entrepreneurship and was like, these idiots will buy anything. <laughs> this is what it really took off for entrepreneurs and inventors because they were like, we can make anything and they'll buy it. They put googly eyes on this rock and they bought it. So funny. Ryan, did, did you know anyone who had a pet rock? I remember hearing about the pet rock when I was a kid, but it, it wasn't yeah. around when I was a kid anymore. Oh, that's funny. All right, Mike, you're up. All right. For the 70s. Um, I am going to take some toys that, uh, instantly upon release, uh, skyrocketed to popularity due to this budding franchise that took the world by storm. I'm going to take Star Wars action figures. Nice. That was my 101 for... 70s, very good. 
My, I used to love, I have older cousins that grew up in the 70s, and we used to go to their house. I had a cousin that had the whole Ewok village and all these Ooh. Star Wars. It was, I thought he was the coolest person in the whole wide world. It was so awesome. If you I know what that would be worth now if he still turns had out that. he was oh like a Turns out he was like a 40-year-old virgin, but yeah. to Ryan, <laughs> he was the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, I can't get this thought out of my head, so I have to say it now. Uh, Mike, you did famous bald actors, and you didn't do Michael Chiklis. I'm disappointed. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Back to the 70s action. Um, dude, you can't com- you can't compete with this toy. Now, you can say Star Wars action figures, Ryan, was your 101. But do you know when the Nerf ball was invented? 1976, the freaking Nerf ball, still popular to this day. I'm taking that. Well, now hold on here, sir. The Nerf ball of the 1970s, while it is still Nerf, is not the same Nerf that became so popular in later decades. It It was a ball of lightweight foam. That was it. It wasn't. The Nerf ball is off the board. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm picking it. I'm saying okay. you're hyping it up to be. Well, I'm, where do you it, think? it was essentially the inside of a mattress. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> where do you think Nerf, Nerf, made, Nerf made a super cheap toy, and now they can make all this awesome Nerf toys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the original Nerf was not what made Nerf popular. It was, it, it was Black Adam. It 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 was <laughs> it Black fizzled Adam. after. No, Black you know Adam what? didn't launch a franchise. It killed Henry Cavill. <laughs> this <laughs> launched an entire. This launched an entire line. What are you talking about? What was so Nerf popular ball. about the Nerf ball? And when I was researching this, because I was thinking about making that number one pick, is they would take the pet rock and put it inside a Nerf ball and then just chuck it at people. <laughs> chuck it at people. <laughs> it's Nerf, man. I don't know what your problem is. It's real soft. It's a Nerf ball, man. That hurt. That's hilarious. Just kidding, they didn't do that. Pet but. Rocky. Good job. <laughs> All right, I'll finish out the 70s. And there's I have three on my top four here that are, are super popular. Um, and I should go with the, the two that are most recognizable and most popular, but I'm going to go with the one when I went to a neighbor's house or I went to my cousin's house, they had this in their garage. And I love to ride on it. It is a big wheel. Yep. Made out of plastic. Got a huge wheel in the front, two little wheels in the back, and got the pedals, and you just go to town riding around. I will take the big wheels. Interesting enough, I believe my youngest is going to get a uh, big wheel for Christmas this year. So stands Spoiler the test of time. Alert. It does. They're so fun when you're a little kid. So fun. All right. Now we'll get into the 80s. And... I love the 80s. I had so many toys that I loved growing up in the 80s. And I don't even know what the 101 is on this one. I'm just going to pick, because I grew up in this era, so I'm going to pick the one toy. It blew up in the 80s, but I thought was so much better designed and and so cool compared to all the other toys. And I'm going to go with the Transformers. Yep. As my number one for the 80s. All right, Mike, you're up. No, it's back to me. All right, Jay, you're up. <laughs> oh, let's take a peek here. <laughs> I just ruined your whole draft or what? Well, I you did. I had the big wheels written down in the 80s. 
Oh, okay. and I did not realize That's why I wanted it was, to get it early. Yeah, because it's like in every it, decade. <laughs> it, that was that was my go-to. That was my 101 in the 80s. After that, there are some really famous like 80 toys that they bring up good nostalgia, but I don't want to pick them. Um, so I'm going to grab one. It was uh, invented back in the 70s, but I know it was used in multiple decades, even from when I was a kid. And that is the Stretch Armstrong doll. Everyone wanted to have a Stretch Armstrong. Yep. I think it was invented back in 77, but I know it blew up big in the 80s, too. It's in a lot of pop culture. All right. Do you know that for a fact, or are you just saying that, hoping we believe it and let you? Dude, I, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping. <laughs> I, I remember. It. I remember we got it back when when we were kids in the '90s. So I know I it has say, been popular. I know it was popular in the '70s, but I think it got repopular again in the '90s. I don't know how popular it was in the '80s. I'm sure it still was. There, the no, early I 80s, was. I'm sure it was very popular. We'll so. put an asterisk by it for you, Jay. We'll no, you no. So as I was doing research, they did quote-unquote redesigned the Stretch Armstrong for the 80s, and they released new branding for it with a different sure look. They did. So That was the 90s they did that. They did it again in the 90s. Oh, okay. People still buy Stretch Armstrongs today. They do. They're just they a do. fun toy. Mike, you were on the clock. All right. Um, Ryan, Transformers was indeed a good pick. Um, I can't say much about the Stretch Armstrong, but in the 80s, there is a clear 101 because these popular toys were enough to make the average housewife become a cold-blooded killer. And those toys are the Cabbage Patch Kids. (laughs) That's what I didn't want to have to take. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. The Cabbage Patch Kid was the first thing that created the craze in shopping yes. malls and yes. door busting doors down and people getting trampled. That was the Cabbage Patch doll was the first thing to ever do that. Yep. 1983, Christmas 1983, people died because they couldn't yep. get yes. a Cabbage Patch Kid. That, my wife still talks about how that was one of her favorite Christmas presents as a kid is the Cabbage Patch doll. Hey, uh, proposal... Uh, could we do honorable mentions at the end of the of each section so we don't have to go back through? Do you think that would be fun? Well, because since they kind of stretch over decades, we might ruin somebody's pick. Yep, I agree. Yeah, kind of I like see. Good, good point. Stuff, good point. So Continue. we probably don't want to do that. And you know, Cabbage Patch dolls, if you find them at garage sales, they still have that smell to they them. They do, yeah. <laughs> John, you remember Granny had Cabbage Patch Kids. Look up a Cabbage Patch Kid. When you see its face, you're going to go, oh, my gosh. Yep. That's I what can't, it is. That's what it is. Anyways, I'm on the clock now in the 80s draft. There's a lot of different action figures we can go with this time, but I'm going to take, uh, for some reason, I like the unique toys, like the Pet Rock. And my next unique toy I'm going to pick, which I think is very popular, was the Magic 8-Ball. I'm going to take that one. Oh, off the board. yeah. That's a good one. remember getting one of those in the late 80s. I th- I just sat in my room and just kept asking questions of that thing. <laughs> and my that's how he became like, a Jets fan. <laughs> yeah, my parents are like, this was the best toy I ever bought. He's just in his room being quiet. This is great. Are the Jets going to win this year? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> and then to I start, start off Magic 8-Ball, the... that question, the, it started leaking. 
<laughs> it just disappeared. There's no more answers ever again. <laughs> you know, everybody that, speaking of it leaking, everybody that got one of those in their kid, at some point tried breaking it open. And back then, that stuff would have been toxic. I was afraid that some demons would come out or something (laughs) if I did that. (laughs) All right, John, kick off the 90s. All right, let's kick off the 90s. There's a lot of good ones in the 90s. Um, There's a favorite toy I used to play with all the time. There's a bunch of different animatronic type things. But I'm going to take probably one of the most biggest collectibles of the 90s, and that was the Beanie Babies. I'm going to get them. Beanie Babies. All right. Mike? Man, uh, there are, I feel like the 90s was the golden era of toys, not not necessarily because of their quality, but really the diversity of toys really picked up because it was that happy medium where toys could be electronic, but it was electronics that supported the vision of the toy rather than it just being a video game or something like that. It was like the perfect matchup of, of uh, electronics. So, um, there are, I, I have like 10, 12 here. Um, but I have to go with my gut in terms of what I know was popular and yet another one that turned your average suburban parent into a cold-blooded killer and that is tickle me elmo 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 (laughs) oh my gosh can't believe you just picked that mike (laughs) because you wanted it no i have it written down though it was my number one on there but i don't think i didn't want to pick it how does mike's draft start with star wars action figures (laughs) because the cabbage (laughs) (laughs) tickle me elmo Elmo. All right. Uh, Jay, you're up. All right. Uh, Fun toy back in the 90s. Um, I have faith, Ryan, that you'll take, because I have two that I really want. I have faith you'll take the other one. Um, I'm going to take a super popular toy, spend hours playing it, the Bop It. Yep. Bop it. Skip it. Flick it. (laughs) Twist it. Turn it. Bop it. Funny story about the Boppets is um, at a at a job that I had within the last few years, um, there was an email thread that that circled amongst the uh, the staff in the summer, maybe even the spring, and uh, they were like, "Oh, like uh, what what was your favorite toy as a kid growing up?" And I said the Boppet because I had some good memories with the Boppet, and we shared pictures. We all laughed. It was whatever. Six months later, at the staff Christmas party, the 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 place got everybody gifts, and the place got the childhood toy for all of the staff from that email thread. And so I was gifted a Boppet, um, an original run, um, not a remake, to my understanding. Uh, but I actually have that in my house now, and I'm getting to watch my kids play with the Boppet, which is super fun. I'm just wondering if you're sitting here like, dang it, I should have asked for that mint condition exactly. baby <laughs> worth $1 million. That, that, that Pikachu card that was graded uh, a level 9.7. <laughs> well, Jay, you got me nervous here because you said it was obvious what I was going to pick, and I have three of my four Ooh. written oh. down still Ooh. for okay. this. So I have to really go. There's two on here. 
that are near and dear to my heart, and I had about every single one of these toys, and one that I didn't have, but I know it was a craze. So I'm going to throw that one out. So I got a, I got a debate between these two, and I'm going to go with my first love of these. I had them all. I'm going to go Ninja Turtles. Hmm. Yes, Ninja Turtle action <laughs> figures. That's what I had written down. I had yes. all of them. Every one of so them. So did I. Oh, my. I played for hours and hours in my room with those things. Loved hours. Them. Those were the best action figures. Kids get the action figures nowadays, and I'm still like, they're not as good as those There's Ninja a reason Turtle they ones. come out with these retro action figures because yep. they're the best. <clears throat> you go to the you go to Walmart or Target, and they have all the He-Man there, the old Ninja Turtles, the old yep. G.I. Joes, because those are the best. I still have, um, so in my grandparents' basement, they had one of my uncles or cousins or something had all of the original G.I. Joe stuff. And I'm talking like the battleships and the playscape stuff. And uh, before they got rid of some of it, I think they threw it away, which that pains me to say it now. Mm. But I actually still have some of the original G.I. Joe figures that are like the three-piece action figures that are held together with the rubber band. It's super, super cool. But, man, lots of good memories with those old-school action figures. When you go visit my uh, granny or my grandma, uh, she has a tote of all our Ninja Turtle toys that that we used to play with, me and Jay growing up. And so it's this tote full of just all these different type of Ninja Turtle toys and stuff like that. And That's every awesome. time we, we go there, she'll bring it out for, for my kids to play with, and they'll start playing with it. That's and awesome. I'll always gravitate over there and be like, I'm going to go play. That's not how you play with them. <laughs> That's not how you play Put with them. Put them down. You don't know how to do it right. Frankenstein Ninja Turtle does not fly. <laughs> Ryan, did you ever play um, uh, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo? No. That's one of the best Ninja Turtle games ever. It was originally oh, yeah. a... Well, the uh, best one is the arcade Ninja Turtles arcade on Nintendo is the best one. Uh, uh, oh. Turtles in oh. Time was an arcade game that was on an original arcade console, and then they redid it uh, to make it uh, play on Super Nintendo. It was fun for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Probably the same game. The best... Could be. It could be. The best kind of game because there was no save. If you were going to mm. play that thing, you yep. had to play it. So, yep. quick story. I can cut it out if we want to. Um, so, my next door neighbor, he had it. Uh, he had Turtles in Time. And we had made up our minds that one weekend we were going to play it straight through. And so, we had spent uh, Friday at the end of school all the way till Saturday afternoon. And we were like three quarters of the way through the game. And something happened where the kid didn't do what he was told by his mom. He smarted off and his mom came in and flipped the game off. And the rage that I felt (laughs) was unlike (laughs) anything I can ever remember. Since then, I have never attempted to play Turtles in Time all the way through because I just know it's an omen now. <laughs> I just know a mother's going to walk in and turn it off. <laughs> My wife's going to trip over the cord. Yep. My kid's going to drool on the game. Something will happen. Uh, speaking of the Turtles, I bought a used Nintendo that had a whole bunch of games, but Ninja Turtles for the Nintendo was one of the games, and I remember playing for hours and hours and hours with one of my buddies when I was a little kid, and we won that game. It was a very hard game to win. 
<clears throat> so I was super excited, and that's the first game I popped in there. And holy cow, was I terrible at that game. <laughs> I had that Nintendo for like six months, and I sold again. It's so hard to play old video games when you're older. You're just not good at them. Yeah. All right, I'll start out the 2000s. And I'm going to go, this was a little harder for me because I didn't really care about toys in the 2000s. So I'm going to take a tried and true toy that has stood stood time and is always one of the top toys when you go to, has a whole aisle to itself in every uh, store. I'm going to go Legos. Mm. Jay, you are up. Well, there's about 18 different ways to go here, but I'm going to take... Uh, the lightsaber with the lights and sound effects that mm. came out, mm-hmm. the toy lightsabers, mm. and uh, have a lot of good memories of uh, beating John with a toy lightsaber and him crying. So yeah, that's what I'm. Thinking. Isn't it interesting that they never had them earlier in the decades? It was really the late '90s, early 2000s that some of 2000s, that stuff started yep. popping up and. Uh, it's interesting that they had just never made stuff like that prior to that. That is crazy because we even had proton packs from Ghostbusters. Yeah. All right, Mike, you're up. All right. Uh, several ways I could have gone here. Um, I wanted to find another item that there was a lot of craze around, a lot of there demand. Is one. There's one. There's probably a couple. Um, I see two in particular, but I'm going to go with the one I think that was more accessible to the to the general kid populace um back in back in the day you were not a serious player unless you had a properly branded tm super soaker the super soakers were all the rage and no other water gun would do those are pretty awesome i i can tell you from being a way older than you guys the old water guns that didn't hold much water, when that super soaker came out, holy yep. cow. Yep. Nobody was beating you in a water gun fight when you and, had that. Thing. And those commercials, you thought like the NRA was trying to groom people like way early on because like they would have these like huge, what seemed like 50-gallon canisters on top of these water guns, and there would be four of them. And and they'd be, one pump can get you 50 gallons of spray. And <laughs> it was it was crazy. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. Well, to round out the 2000s draft here, I'm going to take a very popular toy that a lot of kids and teenagers like to play with, the Razor Scooter, the compact. Nice that was the one that I was debating Razor over. Razor Scooter. Really? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> you guys want to do any honorable mentions? If we do, we got to do it quick. Two each, max. John, you got any honorables? Uh, a couple I'll shout out, I guess. I'll do... Uh, from the 70s area, the Ru- Ru- Rubik's Cube. I think that was a very popular toy. Still very popular to this day. Yep. And then one from the 90s that uh, there's a funny, traumatic family story behind, and that is the Furby toy. <laughs> <laughs> the Furby toy is. Oh, the is Furby. A fun one. Please That's one tell I thought us. you were going to say, Mike, was the Furby. No. Jay, I want you to share the story. Too terrifying. No, no, no. No, 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 John. You've got it. You're a way <laughs> so, better storyteller. 
So anyways, in the uh, 90s when the Furby came out, my mom freaking loved the thing. And she went out and she bought a Furby and she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And she, she loved, loved it. it more than us. She, like, let's she not did. kid ourselves. She <laughs> talked to it. She combed it. She gave it so much attention and she loved that thing. And now you the had Furbies, to feed it by, like, by putting your yep. finger in its mouth. And the Furbies... <laughs> And the Furbies, you know, they listen, they talk back, you know, it's like they're involved and they're part of the family. Well, one day my father, who was probably drunk at the time, he picks up the Furby and he's like, whatever its name is. And the Furby, I can't remember what it says exactly, but it went like, don't swear at me. Don't cuss at me. <laughs> And for whatever reason, that is the memory I have with the Furby toy is that it was like, don't swear at me. Don't cuss at me. <laughs> so funny. And I, I think dad wasn't even trying to be aggressive. He just no, picked he it up talking to it. He just picked it up and started the talking Furby to just it. Knew. The, fur- the, Furby, <laughs> the knew. Furby knew. The Furby's heard. I don't think that was an authentic uh, Scott impersonation, though, because it was missing about 17 hosses in there. <laughs> <laughs> he probably picked those. Like, hey, what's going on, little hoss? <laughs> <laughs> you hungry little horse? Don't swear at me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I thought you were going to tell the other story where Jerry taught the Furby how to cuss, and my mom was so mad. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, honorables, real quick. John, you took two of my top honorables. I guess I'll take an electronic one here. Uh, I remember when the iPad came out um, from Apple, and they were just, I thought they were so expensive. We couldn't get an iPad. Um, It literally just revolutionized the tablet industry of such a cool idea um, it didn't revolutionize wish, it it started it started yeah yeah <laughs> i just i wish steve jobs was still around so he could keep giving us ideas like that instead we don't have them uh anyways then the other one would be uh uh back in the um 70s hungry hungry hippos came out back then and that's a game my kids still love to this day michael thanks ryan me? thanks ryan um uh, one that I was surprised didn't get picked. Um, I thought there's a few from the eighties that would get picked, but I don't think we can forget about light bright. Um, light bright was a big one. Um, oh, yeah. Mr. Potato head is also credited to the eighties. Um, but another one, this one's kind of, uh, uh, this one's from the nineties that, uh, was such a weird, quick fad that disappeared pretty quickly. But uh, hit clips, um, they were these little things that you would get from Walmart and they were single songs that came in this little plastic cartridge and you would put it into this little plastic player and it would play one song. And sometimes it wouldn't even play the full song. It would only play the chorus of the song. So you were carrying around like this miniature sized eight track player that would do this one little thing, but the branding was all down up hit clips and it had, you know, album art and all this stuff. And I remember that hit really hard. And then it wasn't, but a couple years later, because I'm pretty sure it was late 90s that these hit, that we got the iPod, and it just completely <laughs> wiped out, you know, this other industry of stuff. And then 
One more honorable mention from the 90s. Cannot forget about the Tamagotchi. The Tamagotchi. Can you imagine the guy, the CEO of the Hit Clips or whatever, going, yep. man, why didn't I think about putting them all on multiple songs? I was on just thinking device. about like, the what? movie they make of the guy. Like, he's hey. just living life large in the 90s. He's all this money. He just thinks he's so cool. It's just like, the iPod is being introduced to the public. And he's just like, what? oh, no. <laughs> he's just oh, like, what? You can't do that. He stole my idea. I'm suing. He's just like, there it is. That that was it. That was it. Before Ryan does his honorables, I can't believe we didn't bring up this Christmas toy from 2008. It was so popular that the store shelves were empty, and the only way to get it was to go visit Dwight Schrute, the princess unicorn. My horn, My horn can, can pierce, pierce the, the sky. sky. <laughs> Uh, one more quick one that I don't think we can we can scan over is, this is going up. You, you can't you can't forget about Turbo Man, guys. <laughs> Turbo Man is one of the most popular toys of the nineties two thousands. It's Turbo Time. My kids wanted after we watched that movie, they wanted a Turbo Man so bad. They put it on their Christmas list. And I was like, guys, it's not a real toy. It's like seventy dollars. It's a collectible. But they hate you nonetheless because they don't understand that you can't give it to them. Dad, we just want a Turbo Man. Michael, do you now have we any can't more? forget I mean, about only... the great 1995 <laughs> board game Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, actually, takes I you do, to another world. I do have two more. We can't forget okay. about the Easy Bake Oven from the 90s, and we can't forget about Skip It. Skip It was super popular. Would you like to wrap this up, Ryan? <laughs> as long as Michael's done with his honorable mention. <laughs> no, I actually have one more. Uh, Mousetrap from the 90s. I knew like five people that had that game. I've never played the game because each one of those five people all had parts missing. I've never played Mousetrap. Let me tell you, Mousetrap, Mousetrap came out in the 80s and it was terrible because... You, once you the mouse, once it. the trap comes down, it's done. It's, it's just the dumbest game. It's not even a game. <laughs> well, I mean, there's only a couple of toys left on the list that even existed in that from the 70s to 2000s because Michael named them all. So I'll I've go got ahead and more name, if you want me to. I'm sure you do. I'm going to name two since we, that's what we agreed upon. Uh, Hasbro <laughs> WWF characters. Mm-hmm. Love them. Nice. And the other one I will go with is the Sega Genesis. Nice. That I got in 1992. Uh, played a lot of NBA Jam on that. Such an underrated console. Very oh, so underrated console. Sega. Right. I would like to bring up two missed marketing attempts by toy manufacturing companies. The first one is Home Alone 2, released in 1992, and the Talk Boy that was so popularized. Yep. The toy yes. was not made till 1993, so they missed a whole holiday season there selling this Talk Boy, but they probably made it back there in 93. The next one is the popularity of Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian series. That yep. toy was not out for the holiday season after that came out, but once that came out, it's a toy that's still rolling strong. I mean, Baby- they had to know Yoda. that was going to be huge, don't you think? They didn't. They didn't know. <laughs> Everybody wanted a Baby Yoda toy that holiday season. Everybody. There was nothing on the show. I wanted what a was Baby Disney Yoda. doing? I was like, I was like, oh, surely we can go find a Baby Yoda. Nope, doesn't exist. 
They were okay. they were too busy giving us Thor the Dark World merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> really thought this was going to hit. All right, cronies, that's it for the show. From the Manchild Chronicles and our families to you, have a Merry Christmas. Peace. We out of here. Thanks for joining us today on the Manchild Chronicles. You can find us on your favorite social media platforms at the Manchild Chronicles. Don't forget to join us every Friday for a new episode. That's all for now. See you next time.